This is uh, Dr. Pedro Ramirez, Editor-in-Chief of the International Journal of Gynecological Cancer. And today, I have the great pleasure of speaking with Dr. Brian Slomovitz, who is a professor in the Department of OBGYN at Florida International University, and also in the Division of Gynecologic Oncology at Brower Health, Florida. Welcome, Brian. Thank you very much, Pedro, and thank you for having me on today. I appreciate it. Of course, um, very interesting topic uh, that we're going to be discussing uh, today, and um, this is one of our featured uh, review articles in the International Journal of Gynecological Cancer, Asbestos and Ovarian Cancer, Examining the Historical Evidence. So obviously lots to talk about, very um, often controversial topic. So I want to start with, uh, with the basics, um, just in, in brief overview as to what is asbestos? Great. Great. No, thank you for that question. And, you know, and, and, and thanks for recognizing the importance of this paper. You know, I think we're reading a lot in the, in the lay literature and the public literature of what's going on with some major lawsuits out there, um, against Johnson and Johnson. And, and we're hearing these big, um, verdicts against it. So I, I, you know, the, 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 the idea for this really was stimulated by just coming up with a good scientific paper, evaluating the, the scientific data that's out there. Um, asbestos, it's, it's basically, it's a family of fibers. It's, it's not one fiber, it's actually several different fibers. Um, it's been around for a long time, actually. Its roots date back to ancient Greece. Um, they're, they're naturally occurring. Um, they're, they're, for the most part, they're soft and flexible fibers. Um, but they're, they're unique properties for asbestos. It's resistant to heat electricity, and corrosion, and these are qualities that make it a useful mineral. Um, however, despite despite its uses, it's actually very, very, very toxic as well. Um, we, we, we see it in everyday materials, asbestos. It's an effective insulator. It can be used in cloth, paper, cement, um, plastics, and, and it makes the material stronger. The problem is that the asbestos dust, when it's, when it's um, aerosolized, when the dust is is inhaled or ingested, um, these minerals can become permanently trapped within the body. And we've learned that they could cause inflammation, scarring, and, and ev eventually lead to, to, to cellular damage that could lead to, to some cancers, um, particularly mesothelioma. Mm -hmm. So now, Brian, and, and, I, and I feel that this, this question may, may come up uh, multiple times, uh, and, and uh, certainly one that can be certainly your choice answered in one word or, or, or several, um, a follow-up, very important question. Does asbestos cause ovarian cancer? Yep. That, the, you know, that, that, that's the ultimate question. And I would say that, that there's no question that asbestos does cause some cancers. There's strong links with mesothelioma and laryngeal cancer. But as far as the causation, does asbestos cause ovarian cancer? The, the, the evidence is, is, is weak, and I would say without better evidence, there is no strong data to show that there is a causation of asbestos in ovarian cancer. Yeah, and we're going to talk uh, definitely about that evidence, and, uh, and, and certainly your, your paper uh, goes into very extensive details, and, and I really enjoyed uh, reading it. Um, but I wanted to ask you, like, where does this notion that asbestos causes ovarian cancer come from in and where is the evidence of this? Sure. So, you know, there's, in, in preclinical studies, I mean, let's talk about on a molecular level. There's different hypotheses 
in, in, into where why asbestos may cause ovarian cancer. Um, there, it's a it's a metallic substance, asbestos. So one theory is there may be some what we call reactive oxygenation, which leads to damage of the mesothelial cells, um, which which allows them to evade cell death. Mm -hmm. um, another theory is there's through an engagement of something called interleukin 13, which could also lead to cellular proliferation. Um, so, some, you know, other causes of all cancers, including asbestos causing cancers, chromosomal alteration um, with, with co-carcinogenic with, with a viral infection. These, these are all, you know, theoretic causes. Mm -hmm. You know, however, the, the, the studies are, are really are, are relatively weak. The first associations um, came about um, from with asbestos uh, causing cancer in 1960s. Um, reports out of London li linking ovarian cancer and abdominal neoplasms to those patients who are exposed to asbestos. Um, this was based on a small study, 23 women with asbestosis. Um, nine of them died of intra-abdominal malignancy. Um, in subsequent research, there really wasn't a clear demonstration that these abdominal neoplasms that were caused were ovarian cancer. One of the big problems and something that, you know, is, is that, you know, we, we need to not only say, well, there's a tumor there, but is an ovarian cancer there mm -hmm. because mesothelioma can present very similar to ovarian cancer. Right. And then, uh, Brian, in terms of the etiology, going back to, you know, again, and I, and I remember many years ago in uh, residency when they asked as well, what are the, potential causes of ovarian cancer, um, often talcum powder came up. And uh, yeah. what I want to ask you is, what's the association of asbestos with talcum powder? And again, the question that even today many patients have is, uh, does talcum powder cause ovarian cancer? Yep. Yeah. So um, that's a great question. And, and I'd say there's a, there's a guilt by association that talcum powder um, may have asbestos in it, which is not true. Um, that, that, that talcum powder leads to an increased risk of, of ovarian cancer. You know, historical studies have, 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 you know, suggested that. However, more recently, um, larger prospective observational trials. When I say observational trials, not studies looking at women with ovarian cancer, but looking at population-based studies and then looking at those specifically that got ovarian cancer. Mm -hmm. Larger observation trials have not shown an increase in ovarian cancer in those women who use um, perineal talcum powder. Mm -hmm. um, those powder, not only in baby powder, but birth control pills, condoms, female diaphragms, um, even crayons have, have um, some evidence of this, and there's no demonstration of increase in ovarian cancer. Right. So um, you mentioned this earlier, uh, and, and also in your article, the issue that often in the literature ovarian <laughs> cancer has been confused with malignant mesothelioma of the uh, peritoneum. Um, why is that, and, and what's the relevance of this association? Yeah, so, so uh, I, really appreciate, I really appreciate that question because it, it goes back to, to, to how we're learning, how we train our trainees now in oncology. What, what the first rule of oncology when we see a patient at a high-volume center is confirm the pathology. Mm -hmm. um, pathology in, in itself is a subjective field, and not until recently have we come up with better molecular tests, immunohistochemistry, more confirmatory, more objective tests that can distinguish one cancer from another. Mm -hmm. um, the first published series of, of, of ovarian cancer from, from, from asbestos use 
actually, you know, on, on reconfirmation, many of those cases were were, were mesothelioma. Um, so we we need to use higher level immunochemistry. There's a, a Pax eight stain, um, which has been you know available over the last decade, um, you know, and and other advanced immunohistochemical tools to confirm the diagnosis. But just to say that the older data confirms date um, ovarian cancer without confirming the pathology, it's really not fair to do. Yeah, and I, and I think you you also mentioned that. You know, one of the obstacles with many of these observationals and, and retrospective studies is obtaining the actual pathology specimen to to review. So, um, do you mean to say to us that uh, most of the publications that we see in the literature those didn't really have pathology reviews? Um, most of the publications we have in the literature, and there's really you know when we talk about the data on ovarian cancer um, being caused by asbestos um, refers to a uh, a WHO report which cites five articles. Not only did they not have pathology review in, in two of those five articles, but um, they, uh, in one of the articles, they went back and reviewed um, three of the cases of ovarian cancer, and one of them was, I'm sorry, they reviewed uh, one third of the cases of ovarian cancer, and mm -hmm. one third were misdiagnosed. So a huge number of misdiagnoses, a huge number that aren't reviewed. I'm not taking advantage of the current science that we have now. Um, I, I know we're 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 in an era where we're you know we're saying science is is the most important tool, and and but that is true. We need to rely on the science we have, immunohistochemical pathology confirmation, and the studies that were cited by the WHO report did not did not do that. Yeah, and and then that brings me to the next question. Obviously, you mentioned the WHO. Um, I understand also the International Agency on Cancer Research. I mean, th these are reputable agencies that are basically uh, proposing that asbestos causes ovarian cancer. You, obviously, you, you seem to disagree with with them. Um, just tell us why. Why do you think you you're right and and they're wrong? Yeah, and I, I, I'm, I appreciate you for giving me the benefit of why, why I'm right and they're wrong. But I, I think, you know, my, my, my assessment is based on a, a critical, you know, a critical review of the data that, that they're citing. Um, they, 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 in, in their report, they cited five articles um, showing an association between asbestos and ovarian cancer. Um, as mentioned, two of the five articles, no pathology review. In the other three articles, they did not... Um, there, there was a high rate, a huge rate, a high rate of misdiagnoses, and what was they thought was ovarian cancer was not. The other thing that's important about this report is that there were two other articles that they that that were reviewed but not included in their consensus report. An article out of Finland, which failed to uncover an association of ovarian cancer and asbestos and asbestos use, and an, an additional an article out of Norway, which um, um, did you know, use an experienced gynecological oncologist to review the data. And again, they failed to find a statistical connection to ovarian cancer. Hmm. So the selective um, use of certain articles and not other articles, failing to um, really highlight data that was found in two other case-controlled studies. And, you know, as I, as I mentioned earlier, um, ignoring the two prospective cohort studies from the Nurses Health Study and the Women's Health Initiative, Mm -hmm. well, added up do not support the, the, the notion that asbestos causes ovarian cancer. 
Yeah. And, and you also speak of uh, an important recent uh, meta-analysis by, uh, I believe, is uh, Reed and colleagues, and, and, and proposed this as evidence that absolutely refutes the concept of asbestos causing ovarian cancer. Um, tell us about the quality of that study. Yeah, no, that, and thanks for highlighting that study. So the Reed meta-analysis really looked at two separate um, reports that were out there. The first one looked at the, uh, the, the, the WHO report and reviewed all available studies linking asbestos to ovarian cancer. Um, and the second meta-analysis, they actually reanalyzed that data and they accounted for pathology and a non-significant elevation, accounted for pathology, I'm sorry. And what they found after pathology review The incidence of ovarian cancer in these studies was low, and the single reason for, mis for, for, for this low observed association was the misclassification of cancer deaths. Single digits. Ovarian cancer is a, ra is a rare disease. It doesn't take many misclassifications to change your p-value, to change your significance. So after pathologic review, Reed and colleagues showed that, again, confirming some of the other larger studies, there's no, little... Um, there's no association here. And, you know, you, uh, you mentioned, obviously, the issue of pathology and pathology not being reviewed. Are you aware of any studies in the literature with pathology confirmed ovarian cancer where there has been uh, a clear association effect of exposure to asbestos or, or talcum powder? Um, no, it's in, in, in carefully evaluated studies, I have not seen any that I'm aware of mm -hmm. that, um, that confirm asbestos and ovarian cancer. It just, they, 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 the, they, those, those data don't exist. We're relying on older, um, antiquated analyses of older papers. Okay. And you initially, you mentioned, um, the issue with, uh, legal and legal claims against, uh, obviously products that, uh, have talcum powder or, or asbestos. Um, You know, certainly in, in those legal claims, there, there was this association between the asbestos and the talcum powder and ovarian cancer, and that led to settlements of large quantities of money to the patients and families. Why, if there is no evidence to support it, have these cases been awarded? Yeah, that's the, that's the you know, I used to say the million-dollar question, but that's going to soon turn into a billion-dollar question. <laughs> um, th there's a tremendous amount of... Um, of news exposure around these high-profile cases where there's, you know, seven, eight, nine-digit um, awards being given for um, uh, the, the, the assumed causation of ovarian cancer due to, to baby powder. Um, you know, this is in the court of public opinion. Um, you know, it's a very emotional topic, and I, and I appreciate that. Um, that being said, You know, the, the, a jury verdict doesn't confirm the science, doesn't, you know, doesn't prove uh, a, an objective paper. So we're, we're seeing jury verdicts, we're seeing judge, uh, judicial verdicts, you know, that are really awarding patients lots and lots of money. Um, I, would, I would guess that a lot of that, you know, part of it is an emotional decision. Um, you know, I, I, I feel horrible for my patients with ovarian cancer. I, I would do anything for them for my patients with ovarian cancer, but I just don't think that the science is validated based on those verdicts. I see. And, and you mentioned that there's a really important point and a key element, 
and you highlight that one needs to know the difference between associative risk and causation. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, and I think that's ultimately the, 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 the bottom line here is when we're talking about causation, it means that that the, the, the certain product or the, the, the influencing factor, the exposure of it produces the effect. Association is something completely different. Association means, you know, for, for example, you know, football teams that wear white are more likely to win than if they're wearing their dark away uniforms. Um, if that were the case, this, there's an association there, but clearly by wearing a, a, a white jersey or a blue jersey doesn't cause them to win. Mm-hmm. It's, it's two completely different factors here. So, you know, right now, the, the, it, there may be an associative risk, but when we look at the factors, there is no causation between asbestos use and um, developing ovarian cancer. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I know certain teams that no matter what color they wear, uh, they're not going to win. Uh, but th- th- that's a the great analogy. Uh, now, Brian, in your uh, in your practice, um, what's your discussion with a, with a patient that asks you, what is the cause of ovarian cancer? Getting away from okay, it's not talcum powder, it's not asbestos. Just uh, when when the patient asks you, what, what what do you say to them? Yeah, so I think that um, that's, and that's a great question. I think number one, we we always you know we we, we know that there's a huge hereditary component to, to, to a large number of ovarian cancers. Um, BRCA and other germline type mutations can cause ovarian cancer. Um, in, a, in addition to that, um, you know, the, I, what I tell my patients is that the, outside of hereditary, the others are, are sporadic. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, a common age, you know, mid, mid to late 60s, the common age. Um, infertility is, is uh, commonly seen in, as a factor of ovarian cancer. Not necessarily, you know, another example is we used to think infertility drugs caused ovarian cancer. We learned that that wasn't the case. It was the underlying infertility, and there was an association, obviously, with infertility drugs. Um, but, you know, patients do ask about baby powder use, and is that something that could be associated with it? And, you know, it's hard to miss in the news, so they, they ask that question. You know, I tell them it's, I don't think it's a strong association. I tell them that you know, we need to go forward and, and treat the disease that's there. And we're not using that, right. You know, as, as, as we're not going to be angry about anything right now, we're going to go forward and get them treated the best we can. Um, and if they really push me on the subject, I, I, I refer them elsewhere to seek counsel. I don't, you know, I'm not the one who's going to tell them to sue or not sue, mm-hmm. but I just try to have them focus on the disease at, at present. Yeah, that's very important. And, and Brian, I wanted to ask you uh, one additional question. Um, You know, obviously, you seem very, very uh, convinced that uh, these are not factors that cause ovarian cancer. Uh, there are others who may think otherwise. Uh, you know, in in your mind, should there be any further research done in, in trying to address this question or settle this question? Are, are, are we done? Um, or should there be further pursuit of whether asbestos or talcum powder causes ovarian cancer? Yeah, I th- that's, uh, no, thank you for that. I think that the answer is clear. I think we have to do further research. Um, the, there's a tremendous amount of money in these legal lawsuits and, and being paid out, um, assuming that there's an association. And and we need to, ju- just like we can't say there's a, a, a causality based on the limited that's there, it would be really nice if we could prove that there is no causality 
Um, and that's by using the latest science that we have available. You know, we could um, we, we, we could use the latest molecular techniques for diagnosis to, to help determine if there's any of these potential biologic pathways associated with asbestos um, that are present in ovarian cancer. Again, you know, and I want to be clear, there is definitely evidence that asbestos causes mesotheliomas. Mm-hmm. There's stronger evidence that asbestos causes laryngeal cancers, which makes sense. It's respiratory. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, that we don't have that evidence in ovarian cancer until proven otherwise. And yes, we need to do that through further research. Well, Brian, thank you so much for uh, this discussion. I've really learned a, a great deal. Thank you for submitting your, your review to the International Journal of Gynecological Cancer. Are there any of the closing remarks you would like to uh, make to the audience? You know, I, I, I appreciate you, you highlighting this article, and it's great to be in the International Journal. Asbestos is not a problem, as, as, I, as I reviewed. The first cases were identified in London. There's some great reports out of Finland and Norway. So um, I think you're 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 doing a great job with your journal. It's it's really an honor that you got you selected to to be highlighted in your in your publication. I look forward to many future publications and working with you. Thank you so much.